and you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. If you wanna ask me why or how I can live with all the lies, I couldn't even really tell you. Can my skulls but now they're open wide? The guilt is killing me inside. Didn't know I had so many Hey everyone, welcome to the Collabcast for, what is it, April 30th? I don't even know. It's Thursday. I'm here. 26th. <laughs> 26th, really? Well, 28th is Thursday. It's been a really long week. It has been. <laughs> July cool. 3rd. You're cool, yeah. Well, it's the 26th today, but when you guys hear this, it will be the 28th. There you go. Flash forward. I'm your host, Marvin Yue. Welcome to the Collabcast. I'm joined this week, as I'm joined most every week, with my co-host, Christine Minji Chang. Oh, woe to you. No. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be joined by you next week. Sad. No, I'll be here. Depends. Because I'm not waking up early, so you have to stay up late. Fine. I won't be sleeping in Korea anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. And we're joined this week by the stars of the new feature film Comfort premiering that premiered at the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, or as we all like to call it, Lapith. Only Marv likes to call Lapith. it that. Kristin <laughs> and Julie Zan. Hello. Yay. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Hi. I'm glad we can finally get you guys. So we've been talking about doing this for oh, the time. whole festival. We yeah. had like a couple of false starts. <laughs> we get, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome. Congratulations on the film. I, I went to go you. watch it on uh, Sunday. It was. It looks adorable. It was, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> How'd that feel for you guys? How, how's it debuting, premiering? Chris is like, I need, I need a moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is the, uh, the first time doing something like this, like a podcast. Okay. Uh-huh. Not like a podcast. It's the first time. Like, oh. this, the first time this you're legit. Participating. Like, this is so legit, you oh, guys. Oh. I'm nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you guys are fine. You guys are on camera. We're, we're like you guys have been on camera like, million, show, like millions we're of people. We're shouting to mics, like talking to whoever. Yeah. <laughs> whoever I look like a zombie. It's cool. <laughs> no, you look amazing. <laughs> mm. Just too kind. I, I don't know. Um, well, it, well, okay. Chris okay. Getting warmed up. I know. Chris, you're adorable. It was bizarre. Really, really cool uh, just showing up and there's people there that are going to sit and watch you for a really long time. Be a person. <laughs> it's this like very um, bizarre, grateful, but kind of like guilty feeling of like, oh God, I hope you guys <laughs> like this. I'm I so hope sorry. I don't let you down and waste <laughs> the next 90 minutes. Right? That's uh, There's kind of that little pressure. Um, but again, I was just so grateful seeing. I brought my mom. Aww. It was her first time uh, seeing what I do. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, in, in that kind of setting, I've shown her like... Actually, most of my YouTube videos are thoroughly inappropriate. So once every yeah. like year, I, I don't show do her it. one what? thing. That's like, she looks like me, Mama. Yeah. I mean, you had a pretty good one, Chris, a while ago. The um, how old is she one? That yeah, one, yeah. That, that one was oh, not, very, my mom. not very. Not very that, that one's yeah. a mom. Yeah, momable. Mom yeah. friendly. Mom friendly. Yeah. Mom friendly. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> it was it was nice. And then she uh, afterwards, she's like, "Oh, I didn't know you were like." 
like the lead in it. I thought you'd be in it for two minutes. <laughs> I was like, thanks, mom. That's so sweet. And she said she was proud. So I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Asian mom approval. Yeah, it was nice. How did she say she was proud? Um, through she? text, never in person. Ah. <laughs> She'll never look me in the eye and say, what? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the day. Yeah. You have to have someone on camera already. Like did she say? 50 years right. from now. Yeah, so. I screenshotted the text message with the heart emoji and everything. Oh, That's man. cute. Yeah. Congratulations. But she used the word proud. She said, She did. I'm so proud of you. In English. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't read Chinese, but. <laughs> awesome. Chris, to, yeah. t- t- talk. I'm talking so much. <laughs> You're good. Uh, Basically, what Julie said. Thanks, Julie. Awesome. Uh, no, <laughs> so I, we do. I, you're you're right, though. It's like a, a guilty feeling. Don't be guilty. <laughs> See, okay, like, we need to talk. We'll talk about this. Asian in a guilt. We'll talk about this yeah. later. I really oh, want to dive yeah. into that. Yes. Thank you guys for setting that up so perfectly. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, um, so I met Chris for the first time, like face to face, about a couple months ago at the San Diego sh- premiere showing of the of Crush the Skull, your your horror comedy film. For the San Diego Film Festival, yeah, which is also premiering, which is also also showing tonight for like in the past for those listening two days ago. Oh yeah, it showed on Tuesday. Sorry, you missed it. You guys missed it, but you can catch it on. I don't know. Are you guys distributing? It'll it'll be on VO. It's it's getting a small release on Friday the thirteenth of May. Ooh, yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be three three cities and then VOD. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I know you've known Minji for a while now, right? Yeah, I met you in Seattle. I remember. meeting you and I'd seen you before but I didn't you know when you see someone on screen and then it doesn't register when you meet them in person mm. so I was totally talking to him like <laughs> about <laughs> acting and whatever and then after I put two and two together I was like oh, no <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do that a lot it kind of happens a lot it was wrote- at the um th- that show with Travis Graham. Yeah, it was, I think it was like, collaboration was involved, collaboration Seattle was involved, but it was a different show for, I think like Indonesia. Right, you're right. Something like that, right? That's where we met. And then that's where I met you. How long ago was this? This was like several years, this was quite a few years ago, three, four years ago? Mm -hmm. I have no (laughs) sense of time, I don't know. We were at um, Soul Sausage in Little Tokyo for Big Phony's um, album listening thing after it hit the showing of his documentary, and they were playing... While we were listening to his new album, they were playing videos from his old songs on the screen. And one of them was for um, Girls Like You Don't Go For Guys Like Me. And I was staring at the actor. I was like, that guy looks really familiar. <laughs> and it wasn't halfway through. Oh, shit. That's Chris. We need to link it Back to when he podcast. had his like super Asian like spiky hair. What? And no Wait. I have not seen super Asian spiky hair. <laughs> yeah. That Pictures. Is, uh, He's like, can we? No, no. <laughs> no, no I, I, think it's, I think they're hilarious. Um, it's a good uh, uh, warning. Um, for anyone who wants to do something trendy and, <laughs> yes. and you know, and you know, will likely regret it in, in the future. But no, it was it was cool. We're, I, we're just it's fun. Is that Chris? That's totally Chris. I'd seen you a million times because I watched the the K Town Hotties video fifty jillion K-Town times. K Town Hotties. Yeah. Were you a K Town? Oh hottie? my god! <clears throat> I need to see that. I was uh, I was I was courting. A K Town hottie. He uh, was. How? How? Okay. How does stuck with Danny Cho? <laughs> <laughs> actually, what's the opposite word of courting? Um, what's the opposite word of courting? Driving to, away. Ghosting. Ghosting. Oh, yeah. Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Running. Ghosting. I was doing oh. that. Running for the hills. I just yeah. learned what ghosting is. Oh, I'm did you? So not hip. But <laughs> I really want to see Chris hit on a girl. I just, I'm fascinated by how you would do this. You should watch your own movie. 
Is that how Chris well played? <laughs> Is that how Chris hits on a girl? And it's um, one last thing before we move on to the round table, but uh, it's cool to talk to Julie. I've known Julie for a few years. I actually first met you at a, you were doing a speaking thing at UCI when I first started a collaboration. Wow, that was a long time and, ago. Um, that was when you were still with um, the other Asians with um, mm-hmm. Benny and Melly. And Melly. Yeah. Oh my God. And then we were talking and it turned out we like, you graduated UCSD mm-hmm. a little while after me, but we had the same major. Yes, yeah. and apparently Marvin has the memory of an elephant, he and does. I have one of a goldfish. <laughs> so I did I'm not somewhere remember that. in between you two, but more on your side. Yeah. I don't remember. But no, it's just really cool. Like I haven't met another person do management science and then go into like, management science things. was your major. Man, sci, yeah. man, that's what we call it. <laughs> Already or then. I just say business because people have yeah. so many questions. It's the worst because it was a BS degree. It was. So we had to take engineering math. No, BS as in Bachelor, Bachelor of Science. Of science. Yeah. Although okay. it is a BS degree for me being uh, uh, in entertainment now. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, so we're trying to pull it all together and prove why what you studied makes complete sense yep. for yep. you to be an actor. Yep. I'm still making that argument to my father. We do multivariable math all the time in our Yeah, heads, exactly. You know? well, and it's I have part of it. a minor in engineering, and I'm waiting for my Sandra Bullock gravity role See? so I can pretend See? to be an astronaut. You'll whip it out, and you'll be like, I already know. Yep, exactly. Let me show you That's first like of all. Amy Farrah Fowler. What's her real name? This is terrible. But um, from Big Bang Theory, she has a real PhD in yeah. like neuroscience. So does Dolph Lundgren. Really? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I read that recently. He's like a chemical engineer or something that's so sexy and dr ken <laughs> <laughs> he's an actual doctor he's an actual doctor right. so cool but anyways every week we start the podcast off with a roundtable discussion where we go around the table and talk about what's on our minds oh. in pop culture oh, God. or asian america <laughs> or whatever we, we take whatever sometimes too um let us start with Julie. No. <laughs> she was like, not me. I was shaking my head. No, really. As soon as you said that, my mind went completely blank. <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, back in middle school when you totally don't know the answer to a question the teacher asks and you like do everything in your power to avoid eye contact and they could like Sensor. feel your energy of how much no, you like, don't oh, want to answer. Teachers see everything. I have oh, a friend yeah. who's a teacher. Like, yeah, he sees all the dumb tricks you're trying to do to cheat. It's really, really obvious. Mm-hmm. I've never cheated in my life. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Have you I, guys I cheated on a test? Cheated on a test? No. I've never cheated on a test. I've, I've cheated in other ways. I've been sneaky before, for sure. Ooh, I just I fell asleep a, a lot. I've cheated on <laughs> yeah. tests I don't care about, I, I like Chinese school. Like Ooh, I cheated Chinese on every school. Chinese school test I took. Wow. I don't know how you cheat. Okay, I don't know how Because you didn't you know the spelling of no, it was just, I just... How could you even copy that? It's so intricate. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, it's because Chinese school is all about memorization. Uh-huh. And you, basically, we just had to rewrite the chapter. So I just, you know, took a look. <laughs> oh. See, I have a very guilty face. Like, I, <laughs> I look guilty even if someone accuses me of doing something I didn't do. I would just look like I did it. Mm. So sorry. I can't cheat. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Have wow. you? <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've cheated from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you, you're you like such a nice looking boy. And then there's <laughs> all these secrets. Like I, I want to like, know. It's it's almost the perfect cover. It is the it perfect is. cover. Yeah. You can, I can get away with a lot. So it's such a benign, it. like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so nice. Can I help you with your homework? 
You're actually Aww. taking this. <laughs> actually taking, yeah. yeah. No, 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 photographic memory. But it was like extra school, so I was like, so this is this can be our topic. Let's talk about... Ooh, extra school? No, just... Cheating? Cheating? Whoa. Yeah. I think that's... I think we should. <laughs> Chris is like, let's go into this. So I've I've also been cheated off of, but mostly just because I didn't care. But were, like they, there's, there's a, were they successful? Were they right to cheat off of you? I mean, probably. I. You were smart. I was always the kid who got really good grades mm-hmm. with minimal effort. <gasps> I'm so jealous. <laughs> I got good grades and tried really hard. <laughs> I discovered early on that I was like pretty good at just memorizing things and recalling. Because he's an elephant. Right. So that got me through most of high school and college. Mm. Wow. And the other half was through my awesome writing skills. but I think I'm a mix of both because I, 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 no one ever had to bug me. I was such a overachiever in the school department. I don't know why my ego was so hyperinflated in that area, but I was like, I need to get straight A's. Why wouldn't I get straight A's? Like, da, 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 da. But I was a total nerd, and I just loved school. And um, so I don't know. I think my confidence from elementary school, middle school, high school carried me because in college I totally bombed. Oh. And I was like, I didn't... I don't know. I felt like it's just oh, yeah. a weird backwards thing. My first thing. quarter, um, I peaked in high school. I made the mistake of taking accounting the first quarter. Oh, and no. that just tanked my GPA to the point where I was like, yeah, I don't need to get straight A's anymore because that's not never happening. Let's just try to get above a three before that's I exactly graduate. That's exactly <laughs> what happened to me. Chem 1A. That's and then from then on, I was like, oh, I guess I can, you know, start partying a little bit. Where'd you go to school? I went to UCLA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, a, I was a bio major. Nice. Pre-med. Smart. Mm. Yeah, I gave up on that at sophomore year. <laughs> it's very bad at it. Yeah. Actually, it was, I just remembered, um, I started as undeclared and then I switched to dance. Um, what? Yeah. And so I was a dance major for, I think, my freshman year. And then I went to the engineering department. And Jacob's school at UCSD is like a big deal or whatever. Yeah. And I went to the counselor. I'm like, hi, uh, I'd like to switch to aerospace engineering. And she's like, okay, what's your current major? Dance. She laughed. <laughs> and that became my motivation. I got straight A's in engineering oh to God. prove to her she that laughed at you? a dancer See, can also do hate. engineering. Yeah. Haters yeah. Can yeah. I was like, you're a counselor. That is so mean. So wrong. That is cool. And then I switched to Mansai. <laughs> I hated programming. Programming just made me want to die. But you got A's in it. You, you got A's. I did. I did. Ew. I killed myself for A's, and I don't know why. I look mm. back now. I think I'm an artist because my whole life, all I've done is follow rules, mm. unquestionably following rules. It's like, oh, this is the series of steps you have to do to get an A, and it didn't yeah. matter if I liked it, if I enjoyed it, that's if it killed way. me. That's the way. Wow. And then I graduated, and I think I was so burnt out that I was like, I'm going to be an artist and do whatever the... Can I cuss? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. <laughs> I want... <laughs> Breaking rules, guys. You heard it here on Kawaka. That was adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Baby steps. (laughs) I wasn't sure. Uh, Oh, God, I'm still following rules. (laughs) She's turning red. She's turning bright red. (laughs) So many regrets in college. It's fine. Oh, so many. I'm making up for it as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Like in high school, I was not as high of an overachiever in school because I was doing so many other things. Like I was in band, jazz band. Drama, wow! Interact, FBLA, like everything. Oh, interact! Um, You're one of those. And then in college, yeah. I was—I just did one thing, but I was just such a crappy student. Like I would—I would fall asleep in every class. <laughs> no, no, the the, the um, so I would have like uh, so I would have one class on Tuesday, Thursdays, because like I don't have like f that, and I would go to class about forty-five minutes in, mm-hmm. 
sleep for the rest and then leave. And that would be my only class. <laughs> wow. And people wow. would ask me, like, why did you come? Mm. I was like, well, if I don't come to class physically, I'll just feel really bad. <laughs> like a bad the student. Asian guilt. Asian guilt. The guilt. Asian <laughs> guilt. I would, oh, go. No. Chris, go. no. It's too late. It's, no, silence. <laughs> but Chris, you fall asleep you. too? I, uh, I fell asleep during the SATs. Me too. <gasps> <laughs> what when i when my brain confronts because i cruised through high school uh, i went to a smaller <laughs> high school and it was very easy i did get copied off of as well mm-hmm. by force by force what uh, what what i uh, there was a, a young very tough latina um girl who sat next to me and she's kind of a chola, uh, chola. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. um lots of tattoos anyways one day she was like hey uh uh, let me copy off your test. And I uh, I said no. And then <gasps> she waited until the teacher turned around and then she uh, slugged me in the shoulder <gasps> oh, as what? hard as she could. No. What? And, then, and I tried, you know, I was, I was pretending like it didn't hurt, but then I just opened up my test. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. my God. That is so mean. Um, That's not real I guess, life bullying there, man. I mean, I guess it was a compliment because she's like, I guess you're the so smart. smart one for me it was our, our, our star wide receiver sitting behind me and <laughs> he was just like kicking the back of my chair like, what the star wide receiver for our oh, football team for football yeah. team okay. mm. and I was like oh whatever it was, it was, it was Spanish so that's so interesting wow. you're like you guys are wa- living breathing like <laughs> Asian stereotype bullied test I don't Man. mean he didn't punch me he was right. just like he was just a really cool guy I mean so. she was really nice to me what all the time it was just when I tried to resist her she used force <laughs> um, <laughs> but then was immediately that nice doesn't to me. sound like, like a healthy <laughs> relationship when I was yeah. younger I was a little bit of that like the little Latin I was like a little what do you call it you did the slugging yeah for boys that pissed me <laughs> off yes there's one guy that I actually beat up but then in retrospect it, he, he liked me we were like 10 and he pissed me <laughs> off and I beat his ass it was like Christmas Sunday damn wow, wow. I was I, I had anger I grew up with boys too, so I had no sense of like, oh, this is wrong. This is just, like, <laughs> that's, that's this great, is just how I was a total tomboy. I feel like I feel like young boys go for that kind of thing, though. They like being abused. Kind of, they're like. yeah, they're guys are like they like the attention. Or I don't know, but like that's <laughs> not right. I I didn't do that in high school. I didn't punch boys. I was, it was more until like I was eleven, it's, and oh. then you know, I wasn't no. <laughs> Stopped in sixth grade, I swear. Right. <laughs> or maybe seven. <laughs> What's well, been on your mind, Chris? Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Stuff. Pressure. Oh, stuff that. Uh, well, recently, oh, you guys, I mean, it, it, when we be all become closer friends, I am, I'm quiet to those who, you know, who I don't feel close. But I, 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 I do go off the rails on a lot of things. Um, <laughs> Well, you, you and oh. this one will. Yeah. I pointed at Minji. Yeah, I go off the rails. She um, lives off the rails. That's oh. like her domain. <laughs> <laughs> there was never a rail to begin with. It rail lasted list. very, cool. very briefly. Cool. Um, on my mind, well, the, you know, the, the LA Asian American Film Festival mm-hmm. has been on my mind. And. Um, Lapith. Lapith. Yeah. yeah. Stop indulging him. I like that. He's trying to make a staff. Yeah. I, I used to call it staff. Sadaf. I, I say yeah, sadaf. Sadaf. Yeah. Cam, cam is easy. Cam is, cam yeah. is They got it easy. right. Yeah, yeah they exactly. did. It's, yeah. it's simple. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's been on my mind. It's been on my mind because, uh, you know, um, I go to uh, a few screenings and I, I see a lot of uh, empty seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> myself. <laughs> myself and empty seats. He's in seats. two films. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, 
you know, I see, uh, I see a lot of, uh, enthusiasm and energy on social media, but when I look at real life, it doesn't seem to translate Mm -hmm. if you, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if that energy and enthusiasm, enthusiasm was as strong as I sense that it is, um, it feels like maybe there should be maybe more people uh, at the festival, but and, and do you think it's a pure marketing thing? Because oh, it seems like there's a ton of social media stuff on this. What What do you think the reason is? Well, I, I actually don't know. And so that's been on my mind. Like <laughs> yeah, just trying I mean, to figure out why there's a discrepancy there. Yeah. For me, GMS running collaboration, it's, a, it's, a, it's something we run into a lot as well. Because there's a lot of buzz because as, as big as the Asian entertainment community is in L.A., it's still very much a bubble. Right. So how do we get people outside of the bubble to be excited about this stuff as well? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a that's an egg we're, we haven't been able to crack. Mm. Yeah. And you mean outside the bubble as in non-Asian Americans or not people even non-Asian not in Americans, entertainment? But people not in entertainment because like entertainment right. people support each other. Mm-hmm. Like, very as much. much as possible. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, like we, we all... get how hard it is. Yeah. To but make even a then. And, and then that's the thing, too. So I, I had to learn by living because I've been in LA just about two years now and to understand how many other competing events there are and how many other competing things like I know everyone does their best to come out but it's it's a it's a double-edged sword I know that so many of my friends are actually at gigs or rehearsals Mm -hmm. or they're shooting stuff or they're eating barbecue and Instagramming it and it's this (laughs) weird feeling where they show and say all these things of like, I will definitely be there. I love you. I support you. And, da, 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 da. and then what is the resulting action? I'm sorry, but social media, FYI, in case you guys didn't know for the last like 8 jillion years that we've been on Instagram, Facebook and whatever, people can see that. So when you yeah. say that you're going to be somewhere and then you show that like you were like clipping your toenails and watching (laughs) netflix instead of which again is your prerogative but like then don't i don't know i get i get worked up too i'm like why'd you say that you're gonna be at this event and saying that you support and like i heard it's more of an la thing because in new york people tell it like it is if they can't make it they just say i can't make it but in la Mm. there's more of a feel good kind of like if you're staring at the person in the eye and they're like can you come to this you just want to make them feel good it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah, i'll be there yeah Yeah, yeah. for sure we'll hang out yeah let's get coffee and uh the follow through is mm. much much harder right yeah i've heard from new york like our new york collab that's like it's hard to convince people to come out but once they are convinced they'll they go. will go mm-hmm. in snow yeah by the way they'll they'll, they'll be there <laughs> what's our but excuse th- that lead up that getting them to say yes is the harder part mm-hmm. here everyone says yes but they don't actually yeah do mm. it yeah i don't know but then i don't know I, we're it's always events I, and digital and i mean it's such a it's i mean especially with la like LA is such a as awesome as it is. I grew up here. Like I love it here, but when it comes to entertainment stuff, especially, it's such a it's just like they have this term for LA people called scenesters, mm-hmm. right? People who show up to things not because they want to, but because they feel like they should, mm-hmm. right? Like all the hot restaurants get like you know celebrities come there because they want people to see that they're eating here. Or to get on the wall. Well, that's because it's so like quantifiable now, yeah. right? So that's saying like, oh, if I went to this and this, it's so calculated. Because now I swear, just again, going back to the social media thing, what is going to bolster your branding and what's going to make you look like you are the hip and whatever? What is going to make you be the envy of XYZ yeah. person? 
it's mm-hmm. all very it's pretty easy to calculate that right and we're all college social graduates. media has definitely gotten a little overwhelming just i think everything is so saturated now i don't even know i don't know what to do with myself <laughs> yeah like, there's too many platforms and um like for example crowdfunding uh is something especially in the past month i've had like five people uh ask me to help you know get the word out about the projects and mm-hmm. i want to do it for yeah. everyone but mm-hmm. it's like all at the same time yeah. and it constantly i got like 10 messages about one thing in like five days and at that point you don't even look anymore right 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 so yeah. i i don't know it, at what point does social media become so saturated and just overdone that right. it just everyone goes back to and snail then, mail and <laughs> calls and then it now a day? you have to like especially as a public figure you know actors artists you have to be conscious of what you're putting out as well right mm-hmm. because everything's out in the open now mm-hmm. you know the the line between personal and private there is no none. personal private art is the same yeah. Pers- like private and like public public persona is so thin you know for some for a lot of people now in like the the social media age their private persona is their personal persona like people are following Mm -hmm. them right right and so which becomes really appealing but going back to what you're saying too like tying what you're saying about the saturation of social media maybe that is what inherently impacts somebody's ability or desire to show up to an actual screening because they're like, well, I supported it. So they already kind of feel like they did something. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean. That's true. That's true. I, um, I you know, it's been on my mind. I, I don't have any, any uh, solid theories yet on <laughs> what's going on. But uh, it is so saturated now. Because you're right. There's, you know, on, on any given night, so many options of, you know, things to do. And I wonder if um, if there's a way to... I, I'm I'm not sure. It's I will say it's on my mind, and um, yeah. and then it stops there. My my mind just kind of shuts down, and I go to sleep. And you wish that people were there were more people in the seats. Well, I yes, you know, just like yeah. I mean, I feel that way too. Like whenever I see something that, that I really like, and I look around, like not enough people are here to see this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I can try to get people to watch it, you know, wherever it's it, it is on Netflix or whatever. But like I know, like only like a couple of them will actually listen to me, mm-hmm. you know? A lot of times I feel like people, like when you, when you say you should watch this, unless you're like some super famous critic guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. people don't, you know, people say, oh sure, yeah. There is power of suggestion though. Like you are, again, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist and the fact that you bring it into someone's consciousness, you never know where, if that seed gets, mm-hmm. it sprouts into True. something where like, oh yeah, blah, 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 mention that I heard there's and again coming back to the scenes for things like oh I heard about blah you know mm-hmm. xyz and it automatically feels like oh it's something that someone else mentioned so that means I should like <laughs> you, it, maybe it's a look familiarity, into it I yeah. think people people want to I think film festivals can be intimidating because mm-hmm. I'm still kind of a noob to it and um, just you know reading the program I, I don't know what to go see if I don't yeah. know who the director is or you know the cast or something like that mm-hmm. um, so it, it is that sense of familiarity like I'm going to crush the skull because obviously I love Chris and I've also heard from 
25 people how good it is so that word of mouth plus the familiarity plus the relationship with someone or something even the theme of the film i think that helps so how do we get people to connect more to the the thing rather than just uh, oh it's a it's a title that's all i know about Mm -hmm. it and maybe it's just location wise too because like you go to Salt Lake City for Sundance. Like, there's nothing else to do there except oh, watch movies. Yeah. Like in LA, there's like snowboard, so tons of stuff. To do right <laughs> Again, we're um, competing. Yeah. LA is just tough because you're just you're you are right. competing with a lot. But and and then it's also and I I really think this is a generational thing where people, if I don't watch it, then I'll be able to watch it online. It mm-hmm. isn't automatic for me. Oh, I didn't watch that. And it is automatic. I didn't watch it in the theater. I'll see it on Netflix. Like it's yeah. cool. I'll find someone with a really big TV <laughs> <laughs> and true. mimic the movie. Uh, so yeah, w- w- when we have the answers, we'll let you guys know. Be- we'll be in the lab figuring this out. Um, <laughs> Julie and I will use our math skills yep. to, you know. We have two leg- legitimate scientists. Yeah, <laughs> man scientists. Man, man science. science. All right. Well, that leads directly into my topic, and we can we don't have to spend a lot of time on this because we're running out of time in the segment. But again, LAPIF has been on my mind as well because I've been going to a lot of um, screenings. I've been attending some of the panels at C three, which is their content conference. And the thing with Asian American content, like creator panels, is inevitably it's all the same message: get out and make stuff. Because the more stuff you make, the more stuff will be out there, and the more people that will watch. And it's cool to hear the different individual stories. But I think there's a like that applies very much to digital media, right? Because it's so fast, it's so iterative. But when it comes to film, when you have to spend so many resources, mm-hmm. that like just doing it. Because for the longest time, Asian American films have had this um, the stigma of like being not great, mm-hmm. right? And recently, they've, they've been getting a lot better. You mm-hmm. know, these days, you know, I can wholeheartedly recommend the features I've seen to my friends. Like, oh, you should totally watch this the without without any caveats, mm-hmm. right? Without saying, but you know, mm-hmm. but this. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a testament to the talent that's growing up, right? So I guess yeah. So that that's been on my mind. Just like I like the message of doing it. Um, but I also like the message, like doing it well, or like, Absolutely. and like, what do you think about that? Because like, part of doing it is also like being bad at first, right? And you can't get good without being bad. Like, that's the whole and being accepting success. that you're right. not great, like, <laughs> being okay with that. Yeah, which I, I I've done all this like psychoanalysis on it, and just and coming from my own personal perspective, this may be incorrect, but I think as I as I've witnessed over the years and working with Collab for seven plus years. There is this really big fear of not being good enough, and obviously this Asian guilt. This this fixation on success means that anything less than is is harder to deal with because that's so undesirable. That, but what is success? Right, having something that people value, right that want to watch it, and so I, I think with film and things like that, just numbers do talk. Like the amount mm-hmm. of people who do want to see your film, or the number of downloads that you get, or the number of views, to a degree, it can like. A lot of people watch crap too because they know that it's garbage and like millions of people watch it because they know it's a train wreck. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it means there's entertainment value in a way. But that's I've definitely talked about this ad nauseum with Marvin privately and just with our friends in our creative Mm -hmm. circles. Um, Like how you guys, I'm wondering how you guys feel about the level of feedback that Asian creatives are getting in order to progress and to grow and to make something more quality. Of course, again, we can kind of go into, well, what are the measures of that quality? But I think, I don't know, like 
I would never be against somebody asking a non-Asian filmmaker, like, hey, can you read my script? Can you check out these mm-hmm. edits? What do you think? Is totally. this choppy? Does it tell the right story? And so I'm curious, like, because you guys do this um, far longer than I have. Um, just in that thought in general, just the feedback and the critique. And I'm I'm hungry for that from people that I would respect. And I've talked about this on the podcast so much. But um, yeah, thoughts on that about how um, we should talk about that. Or yeah, how like how willing people it. are or how right. willing you've been or how willing you've seen other people been or maybe, mm, you know. Right, right. Um, I wish that there, there seems from somewhere, I don't know where it came from, there's this like idea that um, as a filmmaker, a, a creator, designer, any type of artist, like, and I feel like it's maybe prevalent in filmmaking or content creating, but you know, it's like, uh, this idea that either you are talented or you're not, mm-hmm. you know, there's like this obsession yeah. with like, Oh, you have it or you it. don't, you know? <laughs> and it's like such an unhealthy myth. It really is a myth. And for some reason, you know, unfortunately for all of us, in this particular society, in this particular point in time, that's become the main narrative in a lot of the stories that we consume. It came from somewhere, and a lot of it maybe has to do with that American, like, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, Except get it done. Film, like, yeah, yeah like, you know, they needed that to get the country going and to make it great. But then, but then, you know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe it's just kind of outstayed its welcome because I, I wish that you know you go and 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 play sports and everyone knows that to get better at a certain play or a certain move uh you gotta just like keep practicing it right like Mm -hmm. no one would look at you at practice and say like oh you don't got it you're just working on your talent working on your skill and that's the same for you know uh writing and filmmaking content creation um I, i wish that was i wish there was a way to package that in a yeah. sexy way because it's so <laughs> sexy to say like dude this guy's talented he's got it some you know he was born with it yeah you know, but an like, overnight success is always 10 years in the making exactly. yeah, just yeah. no one sees the work yeah I, I wish there was a way to you know instead of saying he's got it's just like oh he worked really, really hard, hard. I mean, but it doesn't <laughs> and sound failed a lot of times <laughs> failed a lot of times you, um, you bring up a good point uh, I was reading a book called The Talent Code which is all about the hard work behind sports success art success uh, you know whatever business success it it all really is just repetition and doing and putting in the 10,000 hours mm-hmm. but I think that's where passion comes in because everyone can say oh it sounds cool to be an actor let's do it um <laughs> You don't even know. <laughs> and then you, you, you know, get rejected from a couple auditions. And if you're a hundred or yeah. a thousand, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, then uh, for the people that aren't really passionate about it, they go, oh, this is hard and it's not fun. Right. Bye, Felicia. You know, and then it's it's the, the passion. It, I uh, saw this video the other day and I loved this quote. It's not so you don't choose your dream. Your dream chooses you. And I feel like once that dream chooses you, you can't get away from you it. Escape you it. can't escape. You can't help it. You're you're almost like forced to pursue it. And it's that kind of like love and passion for this thing that's extremely challenging that right. just keeps yeah. you going. And then, you know, you 
practice and fail for a couple decades and it's like oh oh i've got it (laughs) and i love that you're talking about the passion because i think the passion is the catalyst to deal with then all the critique because that's what i don't know like one of the things that um and maybe this is just coming from a personal place and what i've heard through conversation from different collab even staff you know because it's very relatable on a universal level not Mm -hmm. just for artists but everyone gets so fearful of like well what if they tell me i'm not good enough then maybe that to whatever degree X, one side is that might just be their opinion, your professor's it's opinion, so your parents' or whatever. Yeah. But also maybe there's some empirical truth to it. And maybe that's just the marker that you need to then say, how the hell do I get better then? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we, do, I would like, no one come like you said, no one comes out of the womb, like ready <laughs> to rumble. And like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go win my Oscar. Now you have to, and that's why I say then seek out the opinion and the guidance or the mentorship or whatever the critique from someone who has a place to say that, which is why when you like talk about film critics, well, depends on who's talking. I wouldn't just take it from any random person, though I do ro- rely on Rotten Tomatoes a little too much. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would and like that's why I go to an acting school so that my teacher who does this day in and day out yeah. for hours and hours can mm. give me feedback mm. about my performance and give me specific, uh, you know, tweaks or whatever of how to improve my performance. That's the what I want. So I'm curious just like how often that's happening with within the Asian community, creative community, given the, the issues that we have with like success and failure and the fact that we can't, you know, it's hard to for mm. anybody to be, yeah, tear my shit apart. <laughs> What do you really yeah. think? Is yeah. this bad? Well, is this good? We can touch upon that a little bit after break. I do want to take a quick break right now since we're going for almost 40 minutes. It's ah! getting Whoops. so good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one more thing before we go. The thing about the 10,000 hours, which is like, who's that? Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell, Gladwell, right? Yeah. Um, I read a recent article saying that it's not just 10,000 hours, but it's 10,000 quality hours that you yes. need to do. Because anyone can like bounce a, like dribble a ball for 10,000 hours but that doesn't mean you can like shoot hoops mm-hmm. right and what Minji says perfectly what that person I forgot what the article but um, said was 10,000 hours with you know working on some like quality practice like with a mentor with, with a coach mm-hmm. and that's how you like those are the hours that count mm-hmm. right right you can't just like say, oh, I can sing in the shower for 10,000 hours <laughs> the best singer in the Where's world my Grammy <laughs> but mm-hmm. great thanks for participating Thanks for doing uh, the roundtable. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll we'll pick up where we left off after the break. But right now, a quick break um, to talk about some collaboration updates. And um, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Marvin here. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the Collaboration Movement, where a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents in our community. It's going to be a quick update this week because uh, we have an extra long show. But as always, we're still recruiting for new volunteers for all of our member cities. So if you're in one of our 14 cities and would like to be a part of the collaboration movement, helping us plan and execute programs such as open mics, showcases, and other community events to support your local Asian American artists, um, check out our website, www.collaboration.org, and check out our Get Involved section. We're also looking for writers for our collaboration blog. Um, We've been putting out a lot more content lately, and we're always looking for new voices to help share the Asian American story. So if you're interested in interviewing cool people or writing about your Asian American experience or community, um, check out our application. Um, Applications for the editorial team can also be found in the Get Involved section of collaboration.org. 
And May, as you may or may not know, is APA Heritage Month. Um, check out uh, the collaboration website as well as um, your local collaboration chapter for any events or programming that we might be helping out with or helping promote because there's going to be a lot of events coming up next month. And uh, it's always great to stay updated on what's going on in your community. On the content front, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up for you this week on collaboration.org. On Monday, we released a new episode of our Green Room, which features Peter Chung, um, the winner of Collaboration SF back in 2012, um, Collab LA last year, as well as Collab Star of last year. Um, he plays a quick two-song set and shows off some of his guitar skills. So check that out on collab.org or on our YouTube page. Um, search Collaboration Green Room uh, for all our videos. And as always, remember to check back on the Collaboration blog at www.collaboration.org for our new pieces and content coming out all the time, including videos, podcasts, and articles. Finally, one last reminder, if you'd like to send us an email with a question, topic, or anything you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, you can reach us by email at podcast at collaboration.org. And for those of you who are enjoying uh, what you're hearing so far, uh, we'd super appreciate it if you went on to iTunes and left us a review and rating. It really helps us out um, reaching more people with our podcast. And also, please help us share um, with anybody who might be interested in what we're trying to say. Um, Every little bit helps, and we really appreciate our listeners uh, for their support. And uh, that'll about do it for the collaboration update. Uh, Thanks for listening. And now I'm back to the podcast. And hey, welcome back to the Collabcast. Hi. I'm, <laughs> I'm Marvin hey Yoy. There. Here with Christine Minty Chang, Julie Zen, and Chris Din. What? Oh, now I say hi. <laughs> all right. It's all good. All right, I cut you guys off earlier, but now we can keep talking about acting, Asian American film. We just like, skipped my table topic, but whatever. Yeah, we, <laughs> oh, we never got to Oh, when we have four people, we share. Oh, we do? Yeah. But I have another oh, one, but it's yeah. fine. I'll find a way to weasel it in. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> no. um, but what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about <laughs> critiques and feedback. Yeah. Right. So I do think the Asian community can be a little bit too nice. And right. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. Um, because it's it we're or at least for me and my like very Chinese family, when we're with friends and especially acquaintances we don't know too well, like we can never critique as everything has to be very nice and very polite. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. But yeah, I, I don't know if when someone says, oh, great job on this, they're actually, they mean <laughs> it. Like, I can't trust them. I think, uh, I mean, we've talked about this before with uh, people who work in, you know, festivals or in the entertainment space. And there's this, I think that was me, sorry. His phone farted, excuse. Um, it's a big fart. Yeah. Should turn on the silent. Anyways, <laughs> there's this um, thought, especially within the community, that like if we don't support everything, mm-hmm. people will quit <laughs> or like it just won't get better. So, you know, especially in the beginning, like I said in the beginning, you know, when we were all just starting out, the films like there were great films, but they were never like like this is the one films, right? This is like the film that I would recommend to anyone, everyone, anyone who has any thoughts about whether or not Asian Americans can helm or do mm-hmm. a film. It was always with caveat, but then, you know, you still had to support because there were so few of us. And I think that's the cool thing about the, like, the film festivals these days is there's so much good stuff that, you know, mm-hmm. you can say that was a really great job and really mean it. Yeah. And not like just patronizing, I guess. Yeah. Just doing lip service and just, yeah. well, cause it is. And this is why I've like, I've struggled because people need encouragement. They need yes. genuine support. 
to deal with all the things that we've just like tip of the iceberg dealt with, like all the rejection and all of the dealing with your parents and like, and that's why honestly, like I, I am really passionate about collaboration to help build some sort of community where mm-hmm. you do feel like there are people out there who get you. That's how I felt when I first discovered collab. I was like, there are people out there who are all about being an artist. What? Like it was a huge deal for me. Cause I knew deep in my soul and I was right that I would never get that support from my parents. And that would be the challenge. And that's fine. Now that I'm an adult, it's fine because I do need, I do need a nemesis, you know, <laughs> it's a friendly nemesis now, but like, I need someone to like prove like, Hey, I, this is, I'm serious about this. Cause everyone else is really supportive, but still like there's, it's a double-edged sword to have just blind support versus having like a sounding board, a true sounding board that can help you grow and improve. So I don't, that's really been on my mind in general because we're, the conversations get like we've been talking before. The conversations getting stronger and stronger every day, um, and and then the, the the rebuttal is, well, where are all the a list Asians at? You know, mm-hmm. and then that then that that conversation becomes, well, is there someone ready or you know? And then people will start critiquing, and I'm fine with that conversation. I'm like, let's critique. <laughs> I by the way, I I really do appreciate what collaboration does, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's m- more of that. I, I really now in my older age just realizing <laughs> how important that that is you know and it's uh i, I just i just want to say that's really great what you guys i do. second yeah. that Thank collaboration lap um sedef <laughs> yes. cam you know all these organizations cape yeah it's yeah. these are such important organizations because not only is it a platform for us to express ourselves and have that art and um, all of that really, really important stuff? It's also, it's so tough out there that sometimes you just need a little, little like pat on the back and a little applause to remember like, oh, art is fun. Yeah. You know, that's also something really important, especially in LA and New York. Um, it gets very businessy and everything turns into uh, how much money can you make me? Is this going to be successful? Are you famous enough to do, do you this? Followers? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like how many followers do you have? And uh, I, I've, been a little bit saturated by that um more recently and it i had to i kind of forgot for a little bit why i was doing this um Mm -hmm. and then it's not fun anymore you know and so going back to a community that just genuinely loves art and supports each other um and has fun (laughs) i think that's really really important and i think these platforms do that on top of the support and the all of that stuff Thank you. Yeah. And when anyone ever asks me if there's a leading man out there, I mean, this guy has been leading man on two yeah. films. Oh, my Chris. God. Yeah. He Hi. is at the forefront of leading us, the entire <laughs> Asian-American community. And every time there's an offspring, no Chris, he's, people cheer. For Chris, I think. Like, yeah. For Julie, no, too. But Chris, Chris gets very embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. No, for Chris. He gets very <laughs> embarrassed, but I'm going to say it again. He He's just got the chisel and the, <laughs> the bone structure, and he's so tall. And, and, like, the handsome, swag. the okay, swag. Okay. But he's cr- also <laughs> humble. And it's just, like, the perfect combination <laughs> of a leading man that's, like, not so intimidating, but at the same time, like, you know, relatable, but still, like, hot. You know? <laughs> Are you embarrassed enough? Should I stop? Chris is like going to go in the table now. No, but, and I think that that's, that's something again that I I hope, um, I don't know if that's like a conscious or like, 
what's the word an intentional thing but I, I I think that the support helps build confidence like true confidence and this is where it gets tricky with young kids these days which I've been like I was at Chapman University last week and it was a small group I mean, she's recently coming to terms that she's not one of these young people <laughs> I'm not no I've ex- I'm leaned into that okay I'm I'm of a different generation it's cool I, I like it I'm like oh your age and it's amazing because these kids are so brilliant and they're so more, much more analytical and critical about things that I was definitely not at 19 um, I was too busy tripping about boyfriends and stuff <laughs> um, which is fine but um, what the heck was I saying no I, I just feel like the, their support and their confidence in you as a fan and as a viewer and as someone who will subscribe to you and like mm-hmm. tell you in a comment Sometimes that can mean so much, even though, yes, we're like, it's the other side of the social media thing. It helps give you some sense of um, I'm I'm providing something of value. I'm giving somebody out there like another Asian kid who never looked at themselves as like I could be that confident leading man with. Mm-hmm. You know, a chiseled jawline and whatever. You know what? <laughs> like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, seeing yourself in somebody else really makes a big difference, even when you're not aware of it. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So, I think that it's really great um, that even in any film that's not mainstream yet or whatever, it still has an impact, which is why we keep doing it and why the social media on the good side of it can give you that confidence and give you that encouragement. Like, oh, I'm helping some kid out there feel good about themselves hell yeah like i <laughs> i rock and you rock yeah so good for you chris that, and good for you julie thanks well that i no that's that, that is it's it's a good point and i i just i remember not finding out that there was even such thing as an asian american film festival until i was i mean i was at ucla it was my third year so i was already um, 20 or so. so like last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last year plus uh, 15. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I hope that we're, I guess digital is obviously, obviously has helped a lot and we're get reaching, yeah. you know, the, 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 the kids, the kids uh, reaching a wider Asian American audience and our peers, you peers, know? yeah. And even for older people, like I've met several people who are running these festivals, you know, people of an older generation, they have so much appreciation. They keep working so hard because they, they're like, finally, someone's like making me look good. Even though I'm in my fifties, like, I don't care. Like Mm -hmm. someone that I used to be is out there being really cool and people are looking up to them and and thinking that they're, they have something to contribute versus being cheated off of, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Which Mm -hmm. is great. And that's exactly what I want. I mean, like, we're, there's so many different versions of Asian. And this, so I'm so sick of, like, the same played-out jokes. I'm like, really? That's so 20 years ago. You're, like, you're lame. <laughs> you're lame because you you're not up to speed. It, it is interesting. I feel like there's been a lot of progress, um, obviously, in digital, but also in traditional in terms of amount of roles for Asian Americans. Um are you going but we're out not for quite that? So okay, at least had a, a little, very yeah. busy twenty fifteen. I know you have. That's why I want to hear. She about was this. with a. Did you meet John Stamos or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was uh, in a couple of scenes with him on Grandfathered. Um, but I 
it's very interesting. This pilot season was fascinating to me because I went out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my white friends who have been doing this for 10, 20 years, who are extraordinarily talented, went out once or twice. And the reason is... Um, We've made progress, but we're not quite there. And so it's good and it's bad. Um, we now have many more opportunities as the like second or third lead in a show, the best friend, the quirky girl next door, whatever it is. Um, they're diversifying all of that. So now not just Asians, but um, you know, Hispanics, all the minorities are now having more opportunities being on shows. Yeah. Um, and then the poor... <laughs> The poor white uh, guys and girls who are very talented but not A-listers and not names. Um, They're kind of they can't compete, yeah, because they were the ones going out for the second and third leads, um, and they can't compete with the A-listers being offered the first lead. Uh, But we're not quite there in the sense that there are still really, you know, other than like what two shows? uh, Well, three: Mindy Project, um, Master of None, Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, and Doctor Ken. So. Four shows where we have like a leading Asian American. Um, there are a couple more. There's um, the new Criminal Minds with Daniel Henney. He's kind of the lead in that, right? Oh wow! Uh, we have the new Rush Hour with yeah, um, right, right. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, Josh Chan. Yeah. Well, he's he's like second lead. I'm talking like first lead. Yeah. So first we lead we lead. need a little more work um, in that department of actually having Asian Americans leading shows. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm pitching a show right now. Um, it's called Grow Up, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not be loosely based on my life. Um, and the question oh, that her name is Julie, <laughs> and the character's name is Julie. <laughs> Got it. But what's interesting is every, have an Advil. <laughs> every room I've been in uh, pitching the show, one of the first questions usually asked by a non-Asian person is, how is this, this different from Fresh Off the Boat? Um, first of all, my <laughs> show is completely different from Fresh Off the Boat. Um, and second, it appalls me that it seems like there can only be one Asian show on the air. And they're like, oh, well, it's your show... It's the unwritten rule in the, the contract of Hollywood. The right? The Constitution, right? Right? Yeah. That's, it, it's fascinating. It, it doesn't appall me. It doesn't surprise I'm me or surprised. appall me. Yeah. Or I, it feels, feels just about right. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, there is no outrage whatsoever from No, we can't yeah. be complacent. We yeah, have let's to... Have, let's <laughs> just, just stop fighting. Like, I think it's good. We have one on the air. It's fine. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's, it's not it's that like, it's, there's no fight. We've it's made just it, like, guys. I'm not Congratulations. Su- it's, but it's like, I agree with Chris. That, like, it's no surprise. Right, it's like, right. Mm-hmm. I'm not at all shocked by this. I but, think, you but know... That but, it, but that sucks. Well, we don't, we don't I go, go to, yeah. ooh, well... Um, you're pitching a white show? Well, we have those on the air. And like, there's so many that are you, the same. Like <laughs> yeah. every single Law and Order, every single Criminal Minds, like CSI even though Danny Honey is on and, it. Yeah. Right. Like it's the same show. Yeah. I, Just um, different I, people. I think that uh, for us and for anyone who grows up between two cultures, um, second, third generation, you know, in film, a lot of times when we're writing, they say that a character has what's just called like a worldview. Mm-hmm. It's their world worldview, and someone's worldview is one of the hardest things to change, um, just straight up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so the reason why it doesn't surprise me, and the reason why I don't feel like uh, you know it's necessarily complacent, is that you know you're asking a boardroom full of non-immigrants, uh, you know, uh, maybe. Uh, I'm imagining that they're white 
uh, older white mm-hmm. males, mm-hmm. and uh, we're asking for all of them to change their worldviews. I to completely ours. agree with and that. Yeah, how that's you're asking for something that is nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it should change, but there's a story I always go back to, and I don't know if we have enough time, but we you know. Time. Back in the day when the impression Anything for Chris. Still <laughs> Anything for Chris. <laughs> Five hours later. No. <laughs> Why did we stop. say that? I've made a mistake. It's okay. I can, I, I can edit it. So. <laughs> all, it's, Just cut out his whole story. The story's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so if he skips straight to the conclusions because Chris went too long. <laughs> can you get to the point? <laughs> Starting a story. Welcome oh. to the end of the clubcast. <laughs> that was our podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, no, no. Your, your, your story, please. So um, back in the day. Back in the day, I think. I think this is. I'm, uh, there are some lessons I think we can mm, try to extract from this. But back in the day, you know, all the expressionists, mm-hmm. all those guys, uh, uh, Monet, Manet, uh, who else? Um, Sorry, I don't have the list in front of me, I, and I'm bad at pronouncing the names. Monet, yeah, anyways. I know that guy. So all the all the Monet, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. Monet and Manet, Picasso, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys, you know, they uh, we we it's been so far in the past, but you know, we they were they were on the edge, cutting edge of of painting and art. They believed in something that was so against the the studio system at the time, and you know, all major, you know, the major style of painting at that time was like was realism like very realistic paintings that were all done in studio so they basically had a studio system and you know um all the great names that came out of that period were all studio artists studio painters and uh it was very much set up in in a similar way because uh, in order to break into the art world and become a successful artist um, there was only one place that you could display your art that matters and it was i think it was called the salon if anyone out there knows more about this that than i do familiar, yeah. somebody you know I, i'm sorry that i'm getting my facts wrong but all i know is that it, it's the all salon. you art history majors this is your chance to use your degree <laughs> yes Naomi please correct Co. me please, please educate me because i i love the story itself but i'm, I'm sketchy on the details mm-hmm. but there's one major exhibition uh, museum and uh if your painting made it into that you, your life is basically set because the richest people, the most influential people go there to, fin- to find the next artist they want to commission for their whatever, their castle or whatever have you, you know. Castle. So your, 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 you, your reputation is made there and you make it as an artist. You become a, a working artist if you can make it into that museum. Um, and, you know, who controlled that museum were, I think, um, a panel of three to four individuals that controlled... Uh, what paintings got in, got accepted, and you know it was they were the gatekeepers. They were the they were the people controlling so many uh, so many people's like destiny, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And the impressionism were seen as they were the rough and rugged guys. They were the ones who would run out into the field with their canvases, try to capture that light mm-hmm. in the field, which was ridiculous. And they would start and complete a painting out there, and that's what that's that's like. That was the new technology, the new like. So they were the edge. YouTubers. They, they were, were the YouTubers. <laughs> YouTubers. That's what I was about right. to so say. This is they were the I, new media. Yeah, they were. They were the new digital artists of the time. Um, because and I, I once I read this, I I emailed the Wang Fu guys once because I was just trying to reassure them that you know what they're doing is is so great. Um, and I would have sent it to everyone else, but anyways, they would have just thought I was crazy. <laughs> um, but they were the digital. They were the rebels. They were against the system. They were the ones who were always kept out of the salon. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they would maybe accept a few, right? Like the fresh off the boats that we have, the one or two mm-hmm. shows, right? And they would be placed super high on the wall <laughs> so that you could barely see the We're painting. featuring them. They're right there. They're, we're fe- yeah. they're like, hey, look, we, we're featuring you guys. We're progressive. Yeah, can you, you know, here, use this binocular. Like, it's like yeah. 200 feet up in... So these guys would always end their their self-esteem and their their life livelihoods all hung on that panel that accepted paintings for the salon. So, you know, uh, and they all used to hang out. I don't know if you guys knew this. They all used to hang out and drink and commiserate and and just talk about how effed up the the, the art world is and how they were being unfairly judged. um, Like us right now. Like any any independent (laughs) artist um, up against an established, you know, yeah. uh, uh, anyway, so what eventually happened, I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase is that they're like, you know, fuck this. We should open up our own gallery. We, we need to open up our own. Uh, the, the, the king at the time was just like, you know, fuck it, throw him a bone. Uh, he allowed for that to happen. Give him a grant. So it, yeah, give him a grant. You know, he's like, you know what, just whatever they're, do your com- thing. they're complaining. And so, um, so do your thing. They open up their own and, uh, uh, it, initially, you know, it's all like the newest artists, the, the newest like impressionist movement. Like they're all going there, displaying their work. People went there to make fun of it. Initially, they would buy tickets to go there and be like, "Okay, yeah, this is art. You got to be kidding me. This is this art. Like you're joking, right?" Yeah. And eventually, what uh, would eventually happen was that the ticket sales there outdid the ticket sales <laughs> of the salon, yeah. hey. and they they opened up a new age for the next couple of huge art movements. You know, that's incredible. Yeah. And so, you know. But here's the story is that, you know, I think collaboration, LAPF, staff, they're all, that's kind of part of that movement, right? I think, but I think we need to draw on how they did it and be a little more focused on, you know, what we're doing here. But between the Impressionism, the Impressionists themselves, Mane and Monet, I believe, were both, they would butt heads. Because I think one of them, I forget which one, <laughs> was like, you know what? We got our own thing. That's great but we got to keep trying to knock down the door over here. Mm. And the other guy, whether it was Mone Amane, he was like, you know, fuck them. Let's just focus on our thing over here. So who's right? I don't know. But I think that those two mindsets, I think, you know, it's healthy. It's healthy to have. There's no, no one is right. But the fact that they did it, they did what we are already struggling or going through is, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And I Absolutely. love that story. That's Maybe? a Thank you. beautiful story. Yeah. Thank you. It's, yeah, it's inspired me. And, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, I'm leaving it in. It's <laughs> <laughs> made the podcast. Made the cut. It made yes. the cut. <laughs> yes. But I think that's, that's what makes things like Lapith and Sadaf and even collaborations so amazing is so, I mean, that, that's why I love going to them so much mm-hmm. because you don't know how much you want or you needed to see a different perspective on things until you see it and you realize like, well, you know, there's more out out there than mm-hmm. what Hollywood or mm-hmm. what the studio system is feeding us. Like mm-hmm. there's other ways to see things, other ways to shoot things. Like one of the big reasons I like going to shorts programs because I get to see a bunch of perspectives at like in like an hour or two mm-hmm. time. And it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see these people make more stuff, you know, there's- take that concept and run with it. This yeah. totally brings me to my table topic. Okay. Ooh, yeah, we, we, nice well, segue. It's, it, yeah, it's a beautiful segue. Well, because, okay, this is exactly this. I feel the same way because I've been very intimidated by film festivals. Just like I felt like I wasn't a certain echelon of person to, <laughs> uh, you know, attend a film. It, it has a certain um, cultural vibe that I, I think is changing as we speak. And I'm glad and I want it to continue to make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. And that ties directly to my experience, which I still have Coachella on my mind even though it's two weeks after because we were just talking about how commercialized these festivals have gotten right where it used to be super underground it used to be super 
hipster and hippie and it was only for certain people who were really into music or really into film you know what i'm saying like to attend these things Mm -hmm. and and i think there's there's good and bad to it where something gets hyper commercialized and it kind of loses that heart but i'm trying i hope that there's a way to maintain the the heart of it because Coachella changed my life because it was such a great way for me to learn and experience music in a different way mm. that I had never done before. Before it was like individual concerts, both big and small, which were fun. But to go to this festival where I like 80% of the artists, I have no idea who the hell they are, but they're there for a reason. I figure like they got booked to be at this thing because mm. they're of some caliber. And then being in this exploring mode to like, just go tent to tent and I don't know this artist, but I'm going to check him out. I fell in love with so that's how I discovered the weekend. Um, that's how I discovered that's when I really got into Florence and the machine. Like, cause I had only heard a couple songs on the radio, but to see her live was like mind blowing. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I figure festivals are just a great way. And I think that that's a good part of what our culture is changing now. Um, to make them, there's good and bad to the commercialization or making things so big, but hopefully that opens people's minds up to like, I have no idea who this person is, but I'm going to give it a shot. Cause it could be the like most dope thing that I ever see in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that there's this whole push for like diversity in the hipster movement or whatever. Mm-hmm. It can be a really, really good thing that makes people more, you're just like more welcoming of it versus being like, well, I'm only going to stick to what's on the top 40 and nothing else. So thank you very much. You know what I mean? Like there's still, that's why I leave to young people, all you youngins out there. (laughs) Cause they do dictate a lot of what happens from here on out. You know, they are changing Mm -hmm. the way media is consumed and Mm -hmm. therefore the way that our jobs are going to be run. Right. Because the platforms on which we're going to be acting are no longer strictly studio. It's mm-hmm. no longer I have to be on a network television show to have a shot. No, I can be on a Netflix show and I can be on a Hulu show. I could be on an Amazon show. I could be on an indie film that ends up yeah. blowing up or whatever. And that's why I kind of feel like the at least the digital the digital studios are way better with diversity mm-hmm. than the, ma- the major studios because the major studios are still thinking in terms of what's worked before. Absolutely. Whereas the digital studios are thinking about like, oh, where are the audiences now and what do they look like? Mm-hmm. Right. And they have much more like... Cause I've got, I get the feeling like things like the whole Ghost in the Shell or Tilda Swinton thing happen because like if it's not the casting people in the room and their worldview, it's the suits in the mm-hmm. the you know corner office saying, wait, why are we having that person? Like mm-hmm. I have financial state, like I have data here saying that if we cast this other person, we'll make so much more money, mm-hmm. you know? But not in this circumstance, we're going to yeah. watch Ghost in the Shell burn. <laughs> but then, you know, I feel like they're, because they're still so focused on what they've done before and like all the movies that they've just been successful, mm-hmm. they're ignoring all like the strides that we've made in, on digital fronts, YouTube, mm-hmm. Netflix, Amazon, where I think if they took that data into account, they'll see that like, oh, you know, people will also watch, I don't know, Chris in as the ancient one. I don't know. <laughs> so would you ever play a, a villain? Would you ever? Um, You'd be a great villain. I, you know, I. You'd be like a Christoph Waltz. Oh. Mm. I. That would be. Oh, that's an insult to Chris, Christoph Waltz. But <laughs> no. I. You know, whatever I was looking for in acting, I think I may have found it. I, I'm not as interested in. I'm, I'm realizing now that the change comes so much higher up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I I want to. 
you know, I am interested in change. And I think, um, you know, I, I know that they're like, I, I just know, I know I'm not just saying this to, to, to be like fake humble or whatever. There are so many actors who can do the job way better. I'm now interested in trying to get to that level where change can really happen. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get in there, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, as a, a producer or writer, which, you know, is so interesting to me now because I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how did these, how did Monet and Monet do it? You know, like yeah. <laughs> what were their it. discussions like, you yeah. know, and I, and I, you know, and I'm, I know I'm never, never going to change the, uh, the old guards, uh, mm-hmm. worldviews anymore. I'm interested now more in the digital studios. Mm-hmm. I think that Absolutely. may be where the, you know, and I want to, you know, there's a part of us, whatever that part of the brain is that wants that prestige. And if we feel like we can just impress you know, that want the, the high school cheerleading uh, uh, captain, uh, that it'll bring us some type of validation. But I want, I want to, uh, you know, I'm interested in, 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 in ch- changing the way things are. Mm-hmm. Like just, I know the old guard's going to, they're going to, they're on their way out. And I just want to find out how we can get into the yeah. digital studios. Especially and since, I mean, the biggest knock on our, our generation is that, you know, we're like entitled and we're whiny or whatever, but, a lot of it's also like the generation above us and like still like running shit. They they're taking forever to retire. They're like, <laughs> you they're like not retiring when they're supposed to and paving the way for us to move into those jobs. So you know we have to make our own. But also but, going back yeah. to the sorry, like going back to one of the first comments that we made in this podcast. Like I would love. I can't force. I had my way I could um, but I don't want you guys to feel guilty then like when people come support you and are are, are <laughs> astoundingly excited and fanboying FYI Scott's Scott is listening right now and fanboying oh hey Scott <laughs> did you make it this far or did you like <laughs> fall asleep <laughs> um, but we have supporters great now everyone's going to ask for a shout out thanks maybe. yeah but um, but you know I, I completely get what you're saying. Like when someone, when I share even like a YouTube video that I did, I was like, sorry guys, um, can you take like a couple minutes to watch this thing or not? Whatever. It's fine. I want to be like, yo, watch this because this is dope and this is hilarious. Or my friends made, cause I have so much confidence when it's friends, but when it's my stuff, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> bye. <laughs> sorry. You know, you I don't even sorry. have to watch it. Yeah. yeah and I'm tired of, I really, and like, it's actually easier for me to say that to you guys because I have so much respect and admiration for you and I don't want you to feel that way. And then it also comes back on me that yes. like we all should not... You got to take your own we advice. We should not feel sorry for taking up space and for being creative and having something that ultimately could be incredibly valuable and entertaining and eye-opening or whatever for all these different reasons and not feel sorry for sharing it. I think it's... Uh if you're making art you're passionate about and it comes from your heart and you're saying something... Be unapologetic about it and That's share so it. Yeah, I but can. I get it if it's like something kind of weird and crappy, or you did it for money, and you're like, "Hey guys, here's this, you know, this thing I made because they paid me." Then yeah, you don't have to share that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you share it in a different way. You don't share it with the same gusto. Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, no. But uh, that's what I think. Going back to passion, that's what it is. If you're doing something that you love, like mm-hmm. share it because it, yeah, it's a journey. I mean. You know, you're pitching your not kind of autobiographical <laughs> pitch right now. I know Minji's working on a couple of stuff that's, you know, very close to her as well. And, you know, being mm-hmm. able to, like, be confident that this is a story worth telling and mm-hmm. worth showing off. I think there's this hesitation on, like, sharing too much of ourselves in media because 
we had that nagging voice like, oh, this is, isn't this isn't something she'd be talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't something that people should learn about. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm every day more because I, I, I have that thought and then I have the counter arguing thought of like, well, why not? Like, this doesn't get shared that often. And why why is it less important? I get all indignant to myself. I'm like, <laughs> why? well, first of all, and and I more lean on the side of screw it. Just say it. Just say it. And that's mm-hmm. the best part of getting older and just having less energy to just be nitpicking yourself all the time. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? If I was inspired to share X, Y, Z, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And the people that are ready to listen will yeah. listen. Yeah. And if they're not, screw them. <laughs> get trolled and then whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. But, but that's taken a lot for me to, a lot to get to even close to that part of my life where I'm okay and like just not overwhelmed by all of, and maybe that's also a female thing, but I have all the variables of what everyone is going to think and what everyone's going to say mm-hmm. and what everyone's going to get mad about and what everyone's going to criticize. All of that, you guys, FYI, I already have it. Like, it's right there. I don't need anyone to tell it to me because I've already thought about it before. But, <laughs> yeah, Marvin deals with all of that. <laughs> but they're going to say this and they're going to do that. And I'm just, He's like, just do it. I'm like, okay. It's hard to get to just, like, okay, just do it. Art yeah. is simultaneously the most selfish and selfless thing ever. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. It's very weird. Because you're like, hey, guys, here's my perspective, my story. Look at me, 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 me. But it's because we have a yearning to connect everyone through our story. So and and then to share such a vulnerable part of ourselves. Yeah. That's that's to be sharing. understood and to understand. Yeah. So I think the guilt, maybe it comes from the selfish part where it's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And yeah. it's like, I'm sorry, you're looking at me. <laughs> but if we think of it as a, a sharing and uh, a mutual inspiration, because when I see, you know, like Chris is my inspiration and I see the work that he does and I, I'm inspired to do something and then maybe hopefully I do something and he's inspired by it and it helps him do something. So it's a very collaborative process. The sharing. Yeah, it's more, I think it's way more collaborative than people realize Yeah, where everyone kind of will like put you in the category of like, Oh, you're just being like a complete narcissist or you're so, yeah. cause people do that with artists. They're like, God, oh, you're so self-involved, which is kind of an inherent part of being an artist. You have to know yourself and you have to know mm-hmm. where you're coming from and what your intentions are and what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and, I don't think it's completely uh-huh, coming full circle. Uh-huh, I guess uh-huh. that's the benefit of things like Lapif mm-hmm. and collaboration and Sadaf is that people coming out. It's, it's it's they've already caught on. Don't worry, about it. it's <laughs> happening. Um, <laughs> people coming out to these things are inherently supportive of Asian Americans in film and media. And just having that is a very like you know, it's kind of one of those things where, as a collective, we all get like raised up by like people mm-hmm. saying, "I like what you're doing. I'm willing to." I, I'm willing to come watch, support, and, you know, watch you do your thing and mm-hmm. say that this is something worth showing or this is something worth watching, mm-hmm. right? And that's the feedback loop that's so important mm-hmm. in creating art and developing art, right? And, you know, creating, it's creating that money, 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 you know, collective that, you know, <laughs> says like, this, this is... This is where we're going to show our things. This is where we're going to make, make our stand. Mm-hmm. And... You know, hopefully more and more. I mean, you know, we talked about this in, during the roundtable discussions, how to get people to buy tickets, come through the door, and the stuff's getting better. The stuff is great. Um, it's interesting. It's perspectives. It's, you know, people connecting to others through our shared 
experiences, but also through their individual experiences. And go ahead. I just yeah. had so many thoughts. <laughs> Please share. But you know what? You know what? Maybe we need to find a way. The 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 that community being too nice thing maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe that's actually a very bad thing for us we need a little more balance grit yeah you know balance and we key. need to we need to somehow teach uh our, the not teach but maybe make sure the young artists can like take criticism you know take it and and maybe yeah maybe we need to be a little more tough love at these at, at, at lap if maybe you or know maybe a there's structured should be some tough type love. of system that's exactly yeah. you know no you guys are yeah. speaking my yeah, heart yeah. <laughs> It's this not just a, oh, good job, you made this yeah. film, bye, till yeah. next year, yeah. but then what have we learned? Like, I want to know what I could do better as an actor, you know? That's, that's a brilliant idea. You know, and another thing I want to add to that story the, the, about the Impressionist, um, I don't want to get this idea across that these guys were just rebels, just painting like shit, whatever they felt like. They were actually masters, studied very well at uh, uh, with in terms of traditional technique mm-hmm. in order to break the rules. Right. So that's right. something that, you mm-hmm. know, the young uh, artists coming up uh, need to know that these guys put in their blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. They could paint, like, the best realistic paintings, but they push their art to the next level. But right. you have to go through the basics first. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I've it's heard like that. like you it's... and the Wang Fu's. Like, you guys know what you're doing. You're just doing it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've met some uh, like I've heard feedback from younger generation people like who are like I want to be on YouTube and things like that and that's really great I'm like I don't discourage that in the least but then when they go to acting I get very old school about it <laughs> because they're like well, you go to acting school like why don't you just do more YouTube videos and I was like well that's not my end goal first of all it's a different goal than to just if I wanted to be a great vlogger like and just kind of make a channel based on my thoughts about this new beauty product or this film or whatever then that's that's one thing mm-hmm. but I think I want to be an actress that means and i went on this whole tirade about like then you gotta train that's a craft and that's a skill and there's like reason why theater and drama and all these have lasted centuries because there is an art and a practice and a discipline to it Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm really big on that i'm still very like old school as much as i am really open welcoming to new mediums and new ways of expression i still think there's value there's an established um like you're still gonna learn by practicing and being in yeah. a play, no matter what. You're Art gonna learn is character a craft. Time. Yeah, and it takes practice. So then me. that's that's my feedback for like kids are like, I just want to be famous on YouTube, and then that's cool. Then you can do it. There's a million other ways. But if you want to be an actor, right? If you want to mm-hmm. be in movies and and shows that are gonna tell great stories that are not just you having an opinion or thoughts about X Y Z, that's something else. So don't. For me, I was just kind of I was on my soapbox and I was mm-hmm. like. Don't get it twisted because there's still, you know, like exactly what you're saying to master something. There is discipline and there's practice and there's method and technique involved. So don't just it's not just free willy nilly make whatever and it's going to be art and everyone should embrace it as such. I was like, "Eh, I don't know about that. I felt like a grandma, but I was like, I don't care what you think. (laughs) Oh, I'm right on that soapbox with YouTube for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the end of our podcast but before we leave it's been really great talking to you guys um i did want to read an email that was sent in last week that we missed um so if you guys have a quick sec to answer an email Mm. um this might take a little while longer as well but um it's from our listener lauren from san francisco she writes hello minji marvin and guests of the week there's been a lot of talk lately about whitewashing still taking place in hollywood to this day 
While we can all agree this is a practice that needs to cease already, I began wondering about all the instances where actors of color have played people of different races and ethnicities than them. Take the film La Bamba. The film tells of the short life of Mexican-American musician Richie Valens. Valens? Richie Valens. And yet is played by Filipino-American actor Lou Diamond Phillips. Um, there have obviously been other cases as well. Dante Bosco didn't play a Filipino guy until he was cast in the debut. And actor Cliff Curtis, a New Zealander of Maori descent, has played multiple ethnicities before finally playing a character of his heritage in Whale Rider. Um, if you guys are up for it, would you mind discussing this particular topic? I'm curious to hear what your thoughts about it are. Other than that, keep up the good work. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> so we can spend a couple minutes on this, but I know this is a topic that Minji has a lot of thoughts on as well because of um, being asked to play like not Korean sometimes. Oh, my or, first gig was yeah. playing Chinese. I was a Chinese girl for Intel, and I was like, they're going to know. <laughs> <laughs> They'll know. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm female. Um, someone asked me that at Chapman, so just... Playing different ethnicities, mm-hmm. is it? Ugh, it's not ideal, but I, I'll do the job. <laughs> if I have to play Japanese, if I have to play Chinese to get a role that are scarce, get roles that are scarce, I'll do it. And I've answered that before. That's my opinion. Don't. I think the most um, the most prominent example right now of that is you no know, Randall Park playing um, Louis Huang on Fresh Out the Boat because he's a Korean American actor playing a Chinese immigrant, mm-hmm. right? Oh, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, what are your thoughts? Save Marvin, save him. Uh, <laughs> this is where I, I could go off the deep end, but... Um, I could go on about this for hours. I've been so. waiting for this. <laughs> I uh, I think it's, it is tied into everything we kind of talked about uh, a little bit, but if we were to make it a little more focused, I think, you know, the reason why these issues... One of the reasons why these issues kind of uh, uh, bum us out to an uh, in um, uh, uh, for, I forgot my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> Marvin save <laughs> I, I think you know we the reason why these things hurt uh, ex- sting, uh, sting us like extra stingy <laughs> Jesus I cannot get it together but I think the it's eloquent. because you know we are um, the, 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 the folks who are making the the decisions, uh, they have us scrambling over these very rare roles, and um, and 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 it's it's making us mad because there's so few of them, and you know we we invest so much emotion into when it happens, uh, and it's it, the more if we had our own thing, you know, we, if we had more opportunities and more dynamic roles, we wouldn't be. F- fighting for the one that yeah. was taken from us, you know? Yeah, yeah. And when they make a decision that we don't necessarily agree with, it, you know, it obviously makes us, it just makes us kind of realize how little power we have. And the, mm-hmm. the only way to change that is, again, is to, is to support and do our, to have that gallery separate yeah. from the salon, you know? And um, anyways. And that, to have I more mean, writers and producers. Yeah, I mean, who, I had, real quick, <laughs> I, I just want to say if anyone out there is listening uh, and... If anyone is if, actually listening no, to no, this. No, no, uh, <laughs> Thanks, any, no. No, no, no. Anyone who is in business pursuing your NBA, you know, like hardcore in, in the business kind of higher level. Um, I don't even, I know so little about business. I don't even know the, what those positions are called. Like, you know, 
sometimes inadvertently Asian American artists will say things like, oh, I, I didn't want to be a, a doctor or go to law school or whatever. Like we, we do need you guys. Like, you know, we need, we need, we need uh, supporters higher up in the executive uh, uh, chain of these studios you know, like that's where real change happens. And if, you know, if, if you're thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm going to study business because the arts is too foreign to me. Like we do need you like absolutely here and, 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 you know, uh, you know, kind of in this, like, uh, in this yeah. journey. I mean, we've talked about that, like everyone can make an impact, you know, everyone, especially the thing with arts or not is like artists often, like there's always this like disdain for people who don't follow their creative dreams as if like that's the only way to be individualistic the thing is like some people are okay like i know someone who loves accounting she loves yeah. numbers yeah. and that's like i know someone who all she wanted was be a doctor help people like save lives and, and that's like, wonderful yeah. you Do don't it. have to be an artist it's about following your passion whatever that is it, yeah. even if it's accounting and Not if you are me, but... open to it if you are in and if you are in a, an industry that can be uh transferable so say that you are in finance, but you don't have to work on Wall Street. You can finance movies, man. I mean, I'm saying and you can go to some really good parties and, you know, like we need you. <laughs> like what Chris was saying, my brother's a lawyer and I was like, you need to be my lawyer. You can learn, go, go. He's working with insurance and like business and fraud and all this stuff. It's like, that's cool. But also... Also, yeah, read some books on entertainment laws so that we thank need you. you. We yeah. need you. So you can look over my contracts, make sure I'm not getting exactly. Screwed. So that I'm not getting screwed out of <laughs> X Y Z. It's real. I need yeah. him, and I was like, "You're my brother." She said, "Thank you. I love you. Bye." <laughs> but it's so real, and we we talk about that constantly. We're like, "Please get in behind the scenes, be decision yeah. makers, be showrunners." So, if you have an interest in entertainment, but don't think you, you know, don't have the, I guess, natural. Talents, I don't know, or or, or a desire for yeah. The, desire. The, the, yeah, the like the writing that's a better side, way of saying it. Side. I just offended a bunch of people. Um, <laughs> there are ways to get involved and you know raise a community up as well. So yeah, if you want to talk more, send us an email or send Chris or Julie. Actually, please send yeah. me an email if you're in in the in the business world. If you have an MBA and you're you know, email me. I I, I will <laughs> I will answer all and any questions you have because. I can't tell you how important that's become to me now these days. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And if you guys yeah, just want to keep in touch and give shout outs on Twitter or whatever, I, I love to hear your stories. I love to hear what you're passionate about. It's very yeah. inspiring. Right. Sorry, why did I just say MBAs only? Anyone. Anyone <laughs> in any, any industry. I'm sorry. It's I your just... latent Asianism. You have to have a grad degree to yeah. need A JD need PhD not apply. only. Otherwise, yeah. don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Chris right. says MBA as an example, something different from him because he's interested in other perspectives. <laughs> Yay. Right. That's awesome. Before we go, if people want to find more of your stuff, where should they look? <laughs> uh, YouTube, Shut Up and Dance. Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Dance, Juju, Dance. Is that it? Those That's are great it, handles, yeah. by the way. Those yeah, are. I just thought yeah. I'd tell myself to dance. That's what I, <laughs> what I nice. do. Very nice. And Chris, where can we find you? Well, uh, I am not in one place, but, uh, you know, Crush the Skull does come out in May, Friday the 13th. And then, um, you know, everything before us, uh, the Wong Fu movie that I co-wrote and produced with the Wong Fu guys uh, is currently out on Netflix. And then hopefully you'll see Comfort making its round uh, on the festival circuit this year. Cool. Awesome. 
All right, before we go, thanks again to Jane Real for providing this month's intro and outro. The song is Self-Interrogation from her new EP, Hashtag Undone. You can find that on SoundCloud. And if you'd like to send us an email with a question, comment, or topic, um, please send that to us at podcast at collaboration.org. For Marvin, Minji, Julie, and Chris, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Truth sets me free